The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. Unbelievable. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, Dano the Mano. Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to episode 122 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording from my lavishly appointed boathouse studio in Windermere, Florida. Summer is in full effect. We've got hot dogs on the grill, boats in the water, and the clouds are parting in the sky to reveal your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Wake Responsibly. I know we have a lot of wake skaters and show skiers, toad water sports enthusiasts in general listening to today's episode, and this message extends to you fine folks as well. Whenever you're out on the water, please be mindful of other boaters and most importantly, homeowners and their property. Ensure that you're doing your part to wake responsibly by following some easy key guidelines and educating others to do the same. It's easy. First, always stay a safe 200 feet away from shorelines and docks. Keep your music at reasonable levels and minimize repetitive passes on any one shoreline. Head over to wakeresponsibly.com to find out more and to take the Wake Responsibly Compliance Exam. Ace it and receive a sticker free of charge that you can put on your boat to remind others to wake responsibly as well. I'm serious about that sticker, folks. Put it where everyone can see it. The best way to sustain the sport is to spread awareness. So remember, you're responsible for your own wake. This summer, have fun and wake responsibly. We've got an awesome episode in store for you today. My guest is the current reigning Feet on Fire South Barefoot Endurance Champion, Jake the Rake Ramsdale. Jake raked through the competition at this year's Feet on Fire and also happens to be one of the best wake skaters in the country, probably in the world. He's a pretty solid all-around water sports rider, too. We sit down with him to talk about his recent Feet on Fire victory, childhood dreams come true, his journey through the world of water sports and wake sports, and how he's now giving back to the sport, organizing what seems to be looking like a really cool wake skate contest this summer, a junction function. But before we talk to him, I did want to give you guys an update on Write a Review Month. I know I told you I'd be announcing the winner of the brand new O'Brien Wake Surfer June 1st, but it looks like I'm going to have to push it back another episode. You guys, I've been traveling and announcing nonstop these past few weeks and haven't even had a chance to pick a winner. I do want to thank all of you who took time to write a review and those who went back to rewrite their reviews from before. Also, those of you who actually wrote emails too, that was so awesome. It's so cool to hear from you. And it's just nice to know there's a real following of this podcast and people who do look forward to hearing the next episode each time. It means so much to me to read all the kind words you all had to say about me and about the show. Just know that all of you are appreciated. I know I still owe some of you guys your swag, and you better believe I'm going to get on that like real soon here. I always do. And you know what? For those of you who haven't yet, if you write a five-star review on iTunes before the next episode posts, I'll still include you in the running for that O'Brien Wake Surfer giveaway. Just make sure to take a screenshot of your review 
once it posts and send it over to goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I'll be announcing the winner on the next episode. That is a Dano the Mano guarantee. Also, I know the majority of you already know this, but for those of you who don't, you can listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android as well as on my very own website, noiseofthenorth.com. You can also follow the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T Mano and on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike to stay up to date with all the latest Golden Mike podcast news. Wake season is reaching its peak, boys and girls, and since the last episode, I got to announce a slew of different events. First, there was the Super Boats Pro Wakeboard Tour, the PWT in Katy, Texas, stop number one. I had returned to announce the event after a four-year absence. This was my 10th year being a part of the event. Now, not my 10th in a row, but 10 in total. I don't know. I personally consider doing anything that many times pretty cool accomplishment. It was always one of my big goals to feather in my cap, to say the least. Anyway, some of the best wakeboarders from around the sport were there on hand as well as some of the top wake surf athletes. We're talking the likes of Mike Dowdy, Harley Clifford, Massey Pifferetti, Corey Tunison. But the biggest shout out of all goes out to Nick Rappa, who went out despite some major pressure from the likes of Shota Tezuka, Tyler Hyman, of course, the names I previously mentioned, and finished number one overall on the podium that day. Nick's been having a heck of a year, hitting the podium at every single event that he's entered. Uh, the level at events this year has continued to progress. It's insane. The PWT, it's so classic. I'm stoked to see that it's still going strong. And I think Supra's doing a great job out there. I was pumped that I got to attend, pretty much calling it my 10-year anniversary there or whatever. And I do hope that I get to do a few more PWT events sooner than later. Well, right after the PWT, I had to fly back to Orlando. We had a Feet on Fire South 2019. And let me tell you, it was something special this year. We opened up with the three-time, three-time, three-time Feet on Fire and defending Feet on Fire champion J.D. Webb taking on his mentor, former childhood coach and barefoot legend Ron the Raging Bull Scarpa. Well, Ron Scarpa showed exactly why he's a legend by beating J.D. Webb and making him eat his proverbial no-wake dust. But it was all love. Those guys went a handful of laps. It was absolutely insane. And the rest of the day got even better from there. We had water sports athletes from every era and all disciplines competing head-to-head from bona fide legends like Parks and Shane Boniface, Sean Murray, Tom Weber, Zane Schwenk, to current stars like Jake Palat, Cole Crace, and of course Jake Ramsdell. But no one could predict the final round between the 1995 Open Men's National Barefoot Jump Champion Chip Fernandez, who... Technically, is the only real barefoot athlete who's allowed to compete at Feet on Fire since he was grandfathered in over 15 years ago from being a part of the first event. Anyways, it was Chip Fernandez versus Jake Ramsdell. Although Chip had been in the finals in the past, you know, out of the past, you know, nine or so years that we've done Feet on Fire in Florida, Chip's probably made the finals at least three or four different times. Jake was able to come out victorious, but I'll let him tell you all about it in his interview coming up here in the show. Side note, if you're not following Feet on Fire Barefoot on Facebook or feetonfire.barefoot on Instagram, stop everything and do that now. Well, as soon as we wrapped up Feet on Fire, I was already packing my bags for Callaway Gardens in Pine Mountain, Georgia for the 60th Nautique Masters Water Skiing Wakeboard Tournament presented by GM Marine Engine Technology. This was my 14th time announcing it, and honestly, it gets sweeter every time. The who's who of professional water sports were all on the water, and the competition was intense. I even got to announce with the Larson Twins. Ultimately, though, I've got to give it up to Corey Tunison and Megan Ethel for each finishing first in the men's and women's professional wakeboard category, respectively. 
Performance-wise, it was what we've come to expect from the Masters. A big, perfect wake and top riders in the world putting a demo of 900s, a 1080, multiple Moab 540s, and double flips. Pure excitement. As far as other big winners go... Big ups to Ryan Dodd, who took first in the men's ski jump. It was a tight battle with Freddy Krueger, but Dodd squeezed out the W in another Masters title. Also, Australia's own Jacinta Carroll, who took first on the women's side of jump. She came into the Masters injured, taking a huge fall in practice just a few days before. It only took Jacinta one jump in semifinals and one jump in finals to seal the deal. This was her seventh Masters win in a row. And a big congrats to Freddie Winter in men's slalom and my pal Regina Jaquist for taking another slalom Masters title. One event I did mean to mention earlier this season was the third annual Valdosta Yard Sale in Valdosta, Georgia. For those of you not familiar, it's one of the most uniquely ran and most talked about contests industry-wide. It's held right there on the Florida-Georgia state borderline. The main contest took place on the completely rebuilt System 2.0 slope-style course, and it's one of the most insane cable contests you'll ever see. I encourage all of you to check out the AllianceWake.com video that's up on YouTube as well as on Alliance Wake. It's bananas. It's insane. Speaking of cable riding, Liquid Forces U.S. Park Pro Series. Well, it kicks off this weekend at Wake Island in Sacramento, California, then heading to the quarry just outside of Chicago, Illinois, and wrapping up in Atlanta, Georgia at Terminus Wake Park on June 21st. It's a really sweet-looking Wake Park event, and I'm stoked to see more of these popping up. Make sure you guys follow all the action Moving on to other news items, I can't forget to mention the VWC Night Ride video. You can view that in all of its glory at AllianceWake.com as well. I have to give it up, all the props in the world to the likes of Dylan Miller, Wesley Mark Jacobson, Quinn Silvernail, and Derry Zanabel, who are seriously pushing what can be done on a wakeboard. These guys are unbelievably creative, and I'm sure this is one of those video edits that people are going to be talking about all year long. A strong candidate for video of the year, in my opinion, but we will have to see. Also making the internet rounds is the long-standing beef between Rusty Malinowski and Steel Lafferty. This not-so-secret internet beef has been building up for some time with both riders cutting WWE-style promos on one another through Facebook live posts and Instagram videos. Well, it finally culminated with both of them getting together for a secret double-up competition. That was a while ago. Well, it happened again with none other than Parks Bonifay driving the boat. That's right, it was Rusty Malinowski, Steel Lafferty 2. The clips on Instagram were pretty impressive, and congratulations to Rusty, who ultimately came out on top. He's actually scheduled to be on the podcast pretty soon, so I can't wait to ask him all about it when we have him on. Lastly, I got to talk about the recently launched Adventure IO app, the world's only professional adventure booking app. It's like Airbnb, but instead of booking a place to stay, you get to book awesome experiences with some of your favorite athletes. You want to go wakeboarding with Parks Bonifay? You can book him through the app. Do you want to go fishing with the Parks Bonifay of fishing? Well, you can book him through the app as well. If you want to go cliff diving with the well, I think you guys get the idea. Anyways, the likes of Jeff McKee is behind this year, Sean Dishman, some great guys. Download Adventure.io from the App Store, and you can have the best time of your life every weekend. All right, you guys, we've waited long enough. Before we get into our interview with Jake Ramsdale, I feel like I owe you some context. I've actually known Jake and his family and some of his best friends since around 2004 when I was working at the Orlando Water Sports Complex with Performance Ski and Surf in the Pro Shop. Believe it or not, I gave him and a few of his buddies shoe skiing lessons once, taught them everything they know about it. Uh, anyways, he told me that he and his buddies would sit back when they were younger and watch 
the first few feet on fire events, the videos that were out on Alliance and just being enamored by them and they had the dreams of competing in it one day. So you can imagine what a thrill it was when Jake finally got the chance to do just that and now he can even call himself a feet on fire champion. Like I said it before, my friends, dreams do come true. Oh, did I mention that during that time, Jake was honing in his wake skating skills and developing to become one of the world's all-time great wake skaters? Guys, we're going to talk all about it. We'll be right back, right here on the podcast. Jake Ramsdell, 2019 Feet on Fire Barefoot Champion, one of the top wake skaters. It's the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah! If you listen to this podcast, then you already know how I feel about SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck is available in a variety of sizes, thicknesses, and colors, and they have a worldwide network of certified installers ready to help you design the custom kit of your dreams. And they let you try before you buy. Just check out www.cdeck.com to order your very own free sample kit, complete with a huge variety of CDEC flooring solutions. That's S E A D E K.com for durability, comfort, and incredible look and feel. Your boat deserves CDEC. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. I've got the winner of the 2019 Beat on Fire here with me, the one and only. Is it Jake from State Farm? Is that what they call you? Yeah, that's the word on the street. Jake Ramsdell, what do you do you work for State Farm or what's the deal? Are you an insurance guy? <laughs> Nah, man, the deal was we just had to come up with something catchy when I was coming down here, and State Farm jumped out. Very good. Well, well, welcome welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Boathouse Studio. I know you appreciate what you're seeing, so tell everybody what you're looking at here inside the Boathouse Studio. You're basically looking at, like, uh, Schmeagel's cave of just treasures here, but it's just daggone Cypress Garden skis. I mean, this is just the, the gold mine for all these vintage water skis in here it's great and a boathouse <clears throat> beautiful yeah it is pretty nice right yeah so so looking at all of these vintage water skis that i have right here what is that like what does that make you want to do honestly it makes me want to barefoot um when i was growing up you know we would always use these uh the old dick pope juniors in the step off line so as soon as i see that logo it just reminds me of being a frightened 12-year-old holding on to a line with a bunch of guys next to me having to go barefoot. So last year I, I recorded from the entire event, but it's not that easy to um, organize an event, announce the event, compete into the event, and also podcast from the event. But somehow in 2018 I was able to do that. This year I felt a little stretched, so I just didn't. But next best thing, I have the winner of feet on fire here with me today which i think is like really really special so first off how are you feeling at this point because we are recording this literally one week and three days post feet on fire 2019 i mean i feel great um i felt a little i feel a little drained i feel like finally i'm starting to become more human you know it was quite a quite a taxing event just to go ahead and put it all out there basically just a one rep max just charging it to the end but um you know like i was telling you earlier in the week when we were speaking i woke up from a dream about winning feet on fire and i woke up and was like oh dang too bad that was just a dream and then i was like wait a second no that really happened okay so you've been following feet on fire for a really long time because so here in the in the world of like wake sports and your name jake ramsdell i think over the past five years you've really started to make a name for yourself and we'll kind of talk about that but I mean, you've been following Feet on Fire basically since it started. Oh, yeah. I mean, we used to go on, uh, I think it was on Alliance Wake and watch it, and they would have, like, these highlight reels of guys doing gainers off of, like, the dock at Kelman's house, 
and just uh, everyone wearing the jerseys and doing Feet on Fire, and we were hooked. We were hooked on the soundtrack, just the look of it, and me and all my guys who were friends growing up skiing together just said, you know what, one day we got to get down there, man. It looked like the most fun event in the world. Let's talk a little bit about where you grew up and and how you sort of got into the industry. Oh, dude, I was that bedazzled pants bad boy just like you, man. I was out there basing pyramids and doing strap doubles and barefoot and skiing around the boat, all that stuff. I grew up in uh, Chippewa Lake, Ohio. Um, I lived with my grandparents growing up, and they had a bought a boat. They realized that I was like really into skiing when I was like six years old. And basically, once I got a taste of it, there was like a local ski team. I just never could put it down. I loved it. So, okay, because I kind of remember being a little kid and going to my first water ski shows and seeing them. Do you remember seeing your first ski shows or or being inspired by those guys in the ski shows at all? Or how did you stumble upon like the water ski show family? (laughs) It's actually a funny story. Yeah. So we found the team and they said, you know what? Um, there's a contest that'll be in Michigan, which we were from Ohio. So this was, you know, hours drive for us. So we went and it was, it was like a regional contest or something. And they said they could never get me to sit still at any point when I was a child, except for the first time that I went to those shows and I sat on the bench all day and didn't talk. I was just just watching, just watching, like completely enamored by what was going on. So did you join the ski team? Like at the junior level? Um, yeah, so there was like, you know, a developmental team and then I guess the team that was the show team, um, as they have in most, most, uh, teams. And yeah, I I joined at the junior level. And so like, how long were you a part of the ski club? Um, I was part of the ski club from, I think six until, you know, 21. As a show skier, it's kind of like you're a specialist in everything, right? Yeah. Um, so the kind of basically the basis of it was we just had, you know, a group of friends and we would all push each other and we were a developing team. So we didn't have like a lot of like older guys who are already jumping or anything to look up to. We had to kind of be the first people on our team to learn those things. So we were pushing ourselves. We did the first barefoot line when we were like 11 and we just continued to progress from there. And, you know, we're able to go on to do some pretty wild stuff on the water, some wild stunts. <laughs> so I want to talk about the journey because obviously you started off as a kid in Chip. I don't think anybody knows where Chippewa Lake, Ohio is really. And it's kind of like where a guy like me kind of grew up water skiing. Who would know where Twin Lakes, Wisconsin is before mm-hmm. a guy like Eric Ruck or Kevin Michael came out of there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about like the journey. When, when or or how you knew that you wanted to um, take a, a, a step towards uh, the path of becoming a professional wake skater. So when I was coming up in show skiing very young, the wake skate video Sfumato had come out. And one of the first uh, pro wake skaters happened to be on my show ski team at the time. His name is Chase Gregory. And he sat me down. I was eight years old, and we watched Sfumato in its entirety, and I was like, this is unreal and right then i went home and i grabbed a uh a walmart skateboard deck that i had and i took the trucks off of it and we put two pieces of sandpaper on it and i told my dad that day that i wanted to be a pro wake skater when i grew up and at this point you're already like barefooting shoe skiing trick skiing mm-hmm. doing like all the show ski stuff yep so i didn't even realize that that chase gregory was maybe I remember he was from Ohio. I don't even remember that he was from Ohio, but I don't even know that he had anything to do with the show ski team. Yeah, he was on the team with me. <clears throat> and Chase is like one of I look at him as like one of the first guys who was was doing like the super super tech stuff. Like he was one of the guys first guys doing kickflips and stuff like that too. And so at that point was he already doing was he already at that level? Yeah. Um so he kind of like got me into wake skating, helped me get like my first boards and then he actually made the move down to Florida when I was still very young to come down here and pursue his dream of being a pro wake skater. And then from that point, I was left with wakeskating.com and a dream and the show ski team. Gotcha. So so you continued to show ski and then um, when did the journey start to um as far as like coming down to Florida, uh, and first, and before we even get to that, like, 
were you already starting to be known or seen before you moved to Florida in the wakes in the wakeskate community? Um, yeah, I mean a little bit. I guess there was, uh, you know, there was a an online contest where you could submit all of you know your raw footage, and then like you would win a sponsorship and like a board. And remember what that that. was called? It was a forty five second video contest entry, and you could look it up on YouTube with my name and. I, you know, I submitted mine and I won it and uh, ended up, you know, having like a short stint with like Oak Wake Skates. And, and what, what kind of tricks were you doing at that time? When I, it was, they were pretty good. I was doing like wake to wake tray flips and, you know. Because I remember like you were, you kind of were like this dude who I knew just as like this kid who was a show skier and you were kind of such an enthusiast about the sport. And I remember you loving wake skate and stuff like that. But it was like all of a sudden out of nowhere, it was like some stuff started popping up of you doing stuff that I mean, maybe a couple of other guys were doing, but you were doing it in the middle of nowhere and not with a, like you were doing it with your crew, but you weren't <laughs> doing it with like the crew. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely fun, you know, making the transition down. Um, my, you know, my friends up North, they're all just stone cold show skiers, but I had always just been the one wake skating on the boat and doing things, you know, to a decent level. And, uh, you know, I'd never really like thought too much of it, um, but I, I knew that I could probably like do okay if I were to compete against some guys. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. It was just uh, it was definitely fun to come down, and people were just kind of looking at me sideways, like, "Where did you come from? Why did you wait to come down?" But you know, it was just uh, it was on God's timing. That was really it. I know that that you had a little bit of a different journey, so tell us a little bit about how uh, how you got down here and the whole story of uh, of how you got started in Florida. Yeah, I mean, my start was um, I was going to college up north, and I was pretty unhappy, and I just was having all these signs and, like, this huge truth coming up, kind of like this nagging thing in the back of my mind, like, hey, I need to – I need to pursue my dream, you know, or else I'm not going to be able to like look at myself in the mirror. And, uh, so I had announced it to everyone that I was, I'm going to move down to Florida, you know, and the way it worked out was, uh, after I'd said it, I didn't even have a place lined up. I didn't know anyone. And my buddy posted something on Facebook said he needed someone to move into his apartment. Well, I moved down and it turns out the house was completely gutted, move into a kitchen and I was just eating canned vegetables and working out every night, just getting my body to the point where I could catch up with my mind to wake skate. And I was just hungry for it. So I just started DMing people on Instagram until someone responded that we could start riding and went from there. Yeah, and I remember when you first started moving down here that you were spending a lot of time over there with Reed Hansen, right? Yes, yes. And I will definitely give a major shout-out to Reed Hansen for being – a wonderful, a wonderful influence and person in my life and someone who definitely guided me into, you know, where I'm at now in wake skating, but also just gave me the opportunity to ride at Battle Falls and uh, to get, you know, kind of like my skills up to a level. I mean, that where changed, that changed like everything because you went, you were a guy, I look at you and you kind of remind me of a dude like me. I don't really care. Tinny, like a tin boat, mm-hmm. a pet, like a jet ski pontoon boat a ski boat a wakeboard boat hey give me a handle let's go i'll make this thing kind of work and then all of a sudden you're riding at battle falls and you're getting that same pull every single day and you're also right there (laughs) joining up with a with at a place that like that's like once reed built battle falls like what did what did battle falls tell the people what battle falls is and what battle falls did for the industry of wake skating right so battle falls was completely revolutionary in the fact that it was a two tower cable system on a small setup that had you know a drop which there had been a few here and there before but his has the waterfall shoot going up the middle so basically it's a four block stair down and then you turn around on the Sessi Tech and come back up, and there's a long chute that has a pillow of water at the top, which makes a water ramp. So you can session it both directions. How much do you think, like, Battle Falls changed, like, wake skating, number one, and then also, like, obviously for you? Well, for me, it changed everything. Um, you know, and it 
it just obviously it opened a ton of doors for wake skating in general. Um, that shoot makes doing flip tricks and progression, it streamlines it. And the ability to pick someone up, turn around and come back around, and then just have that same consistent pull pop off the exact same wake, it it really helps you to hone in your skills and to develop and to progress as an individual. So for myself, what ended up happening was I came down and broke my wrist, and then I ended up having to ride switch all the time because I was hurt, and I was able to kind of like start doing a lot more switch riding and then just like kind of like learn more tricks and that was able to you know take me to a better place absolutely so so you started getting more involved once you were down here in florida into more of the um contest scene and talk a little bit about like what the contest scene was like uh in wake skating when you first moved down here and then we'll kind of move from there and kind of talk about where it's at right now well when i first moved down here The wake skating scene was unbelievable. Um, my first event was Money for Nothing at Valdosta, um, which I didn't even qualify at, but I had the time of my life. And then we went to Swanee and saw Nick's place, and that is just like... Nick Taylor? Nick Taylor. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, Nick Taylor's house or place in Swanee. And that is just the essence of wake skating. I mean, it, there's just something magic about that place. And I was able to, you know, go up there and I ended up meeting my girlfriend there. And I just, you know, made so many friends in the inclusion of the industry and the love and the support and how everyone is lifting each other up to do tricks. And, you know, even if the people weren't on the highest level, it doesn't matter. The The stoke is there for people of all different skill sets. The love is there. And I felt like that was the essence of wake skating to me was that it didn't matter who you were. It was all love for progression and for pushing yourself. And it was a great event. I mean, and, and it seems to me like over the years, like the wake skate events, what's been coming out of them, what we see out of these events is just progression. And it's just mind blowing um, what's, what's actually possible on the wakescape? Because when we were kids, like we, we thought we were like, okay, well, yeah, we know that basically three shoves, five shoves, stuff like that would possible, would be possible. Kick flips were going to be possible at some point, but it has just gone <laughs> levels beyond where any of us thought it was going to go. Right. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I do feel as though. You know, it's unfortunate that not as many people are investing as much time in it because we're still just scratching the surface of what's possible. Sure. I don't feel like anyone has maxed out anything at any point. I mean, and wake skating is definitely, in my opinion, the fastest progressing sport I've ever seen. So, well, I, I'm, and here's the deal with it. And it, a lot of people, obviously, I'm a, a Toad Water Sports lover and I put myself into a lot of different groups and stuff like that. And, Whenever I talk to somebody who doesn't have the respect for wake skating, I'm, I just say to them, I'm like, hey, you know, you obviously are not watching what is being done out there because at the end of the day, like, you know, they used to say trick skiing or swivel skiing, you had to take a thousand falls before you learned that one trick or made that one trick perfect. Hey, guys, well, here's wake skating, 10,000 falls. Right. You know, it, it, it it's, it's, just, it's just unbelievable. Jake, when was it that you that they took notice of you when was it that your name basically um you know obviously you were part of the scene but when was it that when your peers took notice that you were in the house um when i landed the switch tray flip up battle falls so okay so obviously this is the reason why i'm not announcing wake skating anymore (laughs) uh break it down what is a switch tray flip um so it's a switch 360 shove it kick flip um Break it down even more. Okay, than I'll that. break it down even more. Okay, so imagine. Okay, so I'm left foot forward, right, and then I have to go now to my right foot forward. Now a kickflip is where the board flips end over end towards you, and then a 360 shove is where it does a full rotation 360 horizontally, and then it would have to do both those things at the same time. Yeah, so that's a whole heck of a lot of things going on. So here's the deal. The way I see it, it's like, okay, yeah, you land that once. It's like, okay, great. 
but how are you ever going to do it again? Because that's not replicatable, right? I mean, <laughs> that was the beauty of, of uh, getting to ride Battle Falls so often was that you can, you know, kind of start to learn how to be consistent with things. And you see it in every one of every level who, who wave skates there or who skis there is just that, you know, you the, with the repetition, anything is possible and anything is able to get consistent. Hey, so aside from Feet on Fire, what are some of your biggest like accomplishments as far as like say like trophies or wins or anything like that within the wake skate industry well i got second place at money for nothing um at the wake skate tour and that was definitely that's the most treasured place or victory that i've ever had besides feet on fire um we worked really hard for that one and it was an excellent contest and i respect so much all the competitors in that so i was i was really psyched so you're the first wake skater I've had on here in like a while and something that I, I noticed this year is that it doesn't and maybe I'm just not seeing the dates yet but I don't think I've seen the wake skate tour announced yet is that something that's still going to be happening moving forward? Um, yeah, well, it will not be the wake skate tour this year, uh, but we do have one event going on which is called a junction function that'll be the weekend of August 1st through the 3rd at blackwater junction wake park in union hall virginia and uh it's gonna be an unbelievable contest and the difference is this year we're going to be having not only pro division but amateur division as well and then on top of that we're going to have the legacy division which is going to be for some of the guys who were probably wake skating with you when it was really starting to get kicked up so bringing back some of the old schoolers all right yes sir so like, and I know this because we talked a little bit off the microphone about it. You're you're going to be one of the organizers mm-hmm. of of uh, this event, Junction Function. So, how did you how did you get into like uh, this whole like organizing of it? And um, I mean, basically, yeah. Like, how did you get into organizing of this event? And and also just keep going with more information so people can you know. Yeah. Um. So I would say first things first. Follow Blackwater Junction Wake Park on Instagram to get a lot of information. The way that I got into this was I saw an opening to where there was no one organizing any wake skate events this year. And I said, you know what? Someone's got to do it. So I did it. So you're with the help of my buddy, uh, Trey Senna. So you, so you and Trey are coming together and you guys are going to put together this event. And again, like, so, so like what's, so what are the disciplines in the event? Obviously, I know it's wake skating, but within wake skating, you know, there's like winch or jet ski or boat or two tower or full cable. Um, like, what's the breakdown of the event? So the breakdown of the event is Blackwater Junction is the most premier wake skate spot in the world. If you've ever seen it online, you'd know. It's all DIY. Trey built it. Unbelievable setup. And uh, it's two drops um, on a two-tower cable system. And, uh, yeah, there'll be a best trick contest on a few different obstacles each night, Um, you know, underneath some lights. And we're going to have riders from all around the world coming out to it. So, and the biggest thing is with this amateur division, anyone can enter. Anyone can get in there and not have to feel that pressure of, needing to compete against Andrew Pastura or Cole Crace, who was also at Feet on Fire, by the way. Who definitely blew some minds, right? Dude, he's a savage. And he was barefooting for a very long time per run. He told me his training regiment, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, that was that's an exciting story for sure. Yeah, for sure. so there was three wake skaters there. But anyway. <clears throat> Wait, and, who's uh, the third? Reed. Oh, yeah, Reed, yeah, oh, yeah, Reed. Reed Hansen, yeah. yeah. Grubby was watching. Brian Grubb was on shore watching feet on fire. I bet he can barefoot. Oh, he can barefoot. Guy, you just watch out because he's as good at barefooting as he is at everything else he does, I'm sure. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so getting back to so Junction Function, man. Yeah, Junction Function. Um, So it should just be, you know, we're going to have camping available. We're going to have hotel rooms available if you're into that or if you have a family and you're in the veterans division. um, Or, I'm sorry, legacy division. Um, really we're open to anyone coming out, hanging out, riding. There's two cables there also. So you'll be able to get some riding in off to the side and, uh, 
some other activities will be going on and should be a really fun weekend. I like it. It sounds like it's 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 open and, and inviting and inclusive. And I think that's really what like wake skating needs right now. Hey, oh, quick break. Everybody, have you started taking your boat out more and noticed that it's getting just not as fun as it used to be? Well, check out Roswell Marine's 2019 product catalog featuring a huge selection of top quality marine audio equipment, board racks, and wake towers. If you have an old boat, make it new. If you have a new boat, then make it rock, my friends. Let the crew at Roswell help you get hashtag loud. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise, and no matter what you buy, you can buy it with confidence knowing that Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the moment you unbox them. They have 35 preferred dealers located all throughout the United States and Canada. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website, roswellmarine.com, to find the one that's closest to you. That website, again, is www.roswellmarine.com. Now let's get back to my guest, Jake Ramsdell, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. So I just want to find out what what you think happened um, and what, what's going, what actually is going on. Because obviously... I'm just one guy sitting back here on the outside. I just kind of say things that I hear mm-hmm. or the way that I see it. And again, all respect for what's going on every time I'm with any of you guys or get to see a video of you guys um, doing what you're doing. It's obvious that new tricks are being learned each and every day. And I do see, I'm always seeing new names coming in. But at the end of the day, there's less wake skate contests right now here in the States, at least, than we've seen in years. Well, it was just a, a lack of inclusion and focus on raising up a new generation of Groms. Um, so we lost, uh, we kind of alienated our target market when uh, we walked away from boats as much as we did. Um, and then, if you, because if you look through wakes, this is all in my opinion, also, totally my opinion, I could be totally off. But. Um, if you look like the way I learned was through show skiing and then I transferred over the way that a lot of the people learn was through three event and then they transferred over. And so all of that was through, you know, like your ski boats and different things like that. And the essence of what we were all learning on and all working with came from boat. Well, all of a sudden there was this huge disparity where we wanted to be skateboarding more and more. And when all winch, um, which there's nothing wrong with that and winching and being core is very cool, but it just wasn't as accessible. And then at the same time with the emergence of cable parks, we could kind of continue some momentum, but the overall money wasn't there for the riders to continue to progress as a lot of things died down with the winching scene. And then we found ourselves sort of where we're at now. But don't, don't isn't it arguable to say that winching makes it easier to wake skate than anything absolutely but not necessarily to learn and really get your skills up and get good um you can though i mean don't get me wrong you totally can do that like some guys are for the the majority winch but i find that a lot of people have spent many hours behind a jet ski or uh like a small wake ski boat and then kind of just gotten their chops and you know, just like we did with like skiing and growing up on lakes, like you just spend time on the water. You I know, mean, I know you're not a big wake wake skater. That's not necessarily your thing. But last year, I watched you at the Masters LCQ go out there and just crush a big wake. You you know what I'm saying? So, what's the deal with like the boat? Like, I I obviously understand that it's expensive to ride boat, but why? But why did boat die out so hardcore? Because like I, I guess like watching wake skating and watching like real skateboarding, you like you know there's there's street, there's downhill, there's pipe, there's all these different aspects. But where did boat set in, and why did it become so unpopular so quickly within like the the wake skate world? When like dude, I watch guys like Brian Grubb and Reed Hansen, and um and and uh, and. J- I'm sorry that like BT. Uh, I'm trying. I'm like drawing yeah. blanks right now. But like, st- but still, like at the, at the end of the day, balls are so many of these guys, 
And for so long, and seriously, you give me a few more minutes, whatever, I'll start just just firing off names of boat wake skaters. I love to watch ride the boat, but it's like, again, you know. Well, I mean, that's a little, see, that's the difference, though, is that's where it's a little, the information's off, because I am a big boat wake skater. I really love boat, and uh, I enjoy doing those things. But the difference was, you know, whenever we, uh, whenever it came to really going to the contests, just couldn't afford it. The, there was no funding for a new rider to go and start getting involved. So then you start seeing declining numbers and you start seeing, you know, people transferring out of the wake surf or wakeboard division just to fill a spot and win a grand at wake skating. And that's when it gets a little ugly. And so the reality is, you know, there's a lot of guys who are better than me at boat too, who could have gone to those contests and cleaned up. And I know them, and right. but it's just not on their radar to even get there because of the just the the nature of different things. Maybe the logistics, but the logistics kind of get away. From are you. are like the, the like the wake skate contests that have been happening, like pro wake skate contests. Like, is are the entry fees that much less expensive for those, or is it just like, hey, if I'm going to do an event this year? That's the event I'm going to do. Well, I guess when you really look at it, it's just the logistics of this. If I'm going to spend $1,000 to, you know, for on a weekend um, to go someplace or, you know, let's just start over. If I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on a weekend to go someplace and take maybe work off on Thursday and Friday to go there, I'm going to want a little bit more out of my weekend than just one pass down, one pass back. If I make it, I get glory. If not, whatever. And where the wake skate tour comes in is pretty much every event we have, you're able to ride at, or not just the wake skate tour, but even junction function, you know, you'll be able to ride at it. You'll be, there's a cable park right next to it. Um, a lot of times the cable pass is included in your entry fee for the whole weekend. So you get to go ride all weekend when you're not watching wake skating, you're riding. There's usually a skate park on site. There's just more things that pertain and keep you interested. Value. I think like that's at the end of the day. I think like everybody like like wants to find more value in, in some of the events or whatever. And it's and it's a tough place because and you're gonna find out a lot about this too as an event organizer and personally myself as an event organizer because I've traveled for years and heard people say Oh, event organizers, those guys are just crushing it, making so much money. I know for a fact, dude, you were at Feet on Fire the other day. Events like that aren't free. They really aren't. You know what I mean? Like, And and uh, it, I think that gets lost a lot of times. But also, I agree with you. There are so many times when I sit back at an event and go, oh, my gosh, that person just paid all of this money to fly here. And they went off the dock, fell on their first trick, got up, fell on their second trick, and that boat went back to the dock. I've seen that in person, and it's devastating. And I've seen people do that, there. get off the dock, and then get in their car and leave yeah. at those events. You know what I mean? So, I mean, any, and so it's it's definitely tough to ask that of people, especially especially guys who are so unbelievably good at wake skating boat but might have an issue with nerves or competing right. or they're kind of young at the time. Sure. You know? So what, so what's the, obviously there's junction function. That's, that's one step forward here. What's next? Like what needs to happen? I mean, you have a voice right here, right now, like in your mind, like what else needs to happen? What do we need to do to get more wake skaters? Cause dude, I'm announcing the regionals and the nationals and the world's for both boat and cable and we have wake skate divisions there but i'm seeing some people show up to these events but i'm not seeing the people who i think belong to be i mean i think the people who are there sorry if you guys are listening and you think i'm like you all belong to be there but i also want to see the biggest names in the sport coming in there and challenging reed and challenging grub on the boat and under the cable, but I also want to see more people challenging the amateur divisions too. I don't just want to see three people at a, a Worlds or a Nationals competing in wake skating because, dude, we're looking here at my lake right now, and I see people wake skating all the time out here. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're not at a crazy level, but, hey, they can go out and butter slide and do 180. So what's it going to take? That's a really good question, Dana. <laughs> uh, 
What's it going to take? Uh, it's going to take us making an effort to really include and discover the new generations of kids who want to wake skate and bringing them into the different scenarios and showing them the ropes, showing them how to, you know, do all these things on their own. Um, I know I plan on doing some clinics this summer um, with some different kids that I know who, you know, wake skate and different groups of kids and, you know, but I, the, the way that I found it is going to be this, all you kids who are listening to this, ask your parents for money come to junction function if you think you can get down the first drop enter the amateur division we're gonna love it we're gonna love it even if you can't get down the first drop and just come out and support hang out feel the vibe and come sit and talk to some of your favorite pro wake skaters it'll change your life it'll change your outlook and i guarantee when you get home you are gonna be hungry to learn that next trick and what about those guys that can't those guys and girls that can't make it out to junction function what about them what about them? I would say this. DM, contact all your favorite wake skaters, anyone that you want to talk to, any trip, trick advice, anything on Instagram. The world is small right now because of social media. And if you want to get to any of us, we are all more than happy to help you. I know that for a fact just based on the nature of wake skating and the guys I talk to. So, you know contact us we're gonna psych you up you psych us up by just contacting us learning new tricks send us videos of your progression everything like let's be unified let's get this thing going and please try to just spread it where you can but just talk to us Jake, you know it's true like guys like yourself ben Haran, nick taylor uh andrew pastor you are some of the, like the sweet uh cole crace you are some of like the sweetest the nicest guys i've ever met and <clears throat> yeah, sometimes you guys wear ripped jeans or a ripped t-shirt or something, but you are still very approachable dudes and you're the best in the world and you guys are probably the best in the world, but yet the most accessible athletes for like the level that you're at. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, any, anything that you like at any level that you're at, if you want to come ride and hang out, you are more than welcome. And that's across the board with wake skating, hit up your favorite pro wake skater. I guarantee they'll have you out. Hey, so let's um, let's talk a little bit about Feet on Fire once again here because yeah. it was humongous. And I know that it's been on your radar for years. The last two years previous to your win, you had solid performances. You had really good performances. You were just put up against really, really, really um, tough competitors. So um, in hindsight, if, if the brackets were set different, you could have been a finalist at feet on fire arguably right so coming into this year's event it was definitely not invisible to the eye that you were mentally in a different place and physically in a different place you're a big boy you're a big boy but right now you're looking fit you've and so what i'm getting at is i want to talk about like the regimen of of what you did to prepare for feet on fire and also, like some of the people, because it's feet on fire, but you actually sort of had a team behind you kind of helping you get there. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely um, it was definitely a team effort, and I would say the team name is Hustle House. So what we did was we decided um, six weeks out that our goal was to get on the podium at Feet on Fire. That was like the main goal. And... <clears throat> I just, we decided then, I was like, okay, how are we going to do this? Well, get on a diet, you know, and start working out, going through the Hustle House routine. My uh, coach. So tell everybody what Hustle House is because I, right. anybody who follows you or even if you follow Feet on Fire, then you've had to have noticed Hustle House commenting on all the photos and, mm -hmm. and all that. So. so what Hustle House is, is a gym in Woodstock, Georgia. And uh, it's owned by my good friend and mentor slash trainer, Matt Ribley. And basically what we were able to do is, uh, you know, about six months ago, we started really training hard and really wanting to get into this next season, thinking about what we we're going to do. But it wasn't all in place. And then when Feet on Fire came up, we decided, OK, we're going to lock it down. So I went on this crazy diet. I lost 21 pounds in two weeks and <laughs> freaking <laughs> and then just uh didn't miss a day diet perfect the last chicken salad i ate was right before my heat i drank three gallons of water that day and we went out and i was just feeling 
felt crazy. I was feeling way better than I ever had. Okay, like, first of all, your feet. Talk about talk about your feet. <clears throat> well, to train them, I was doing like box jumps and gravel for a while. What you said? <laughs> any barefooting at all? Were you barefooting? I barefooted uh, a handful of times. I barefooted probably like five or six times, and I'll give a shout out to Troy Roker and Nick Taylor um, for giving me pulls. I really appreciate that. And uh, you know, I went out and uh, I lit them up a few times, but nothing too crazy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at, the thing is, it's like Eric Ruck told me a couple years ago, is either you, you barefoot a couple times before or you barefoot and burn them up once really good two months before and then nothing and then go all in on the day of. <laughs> so I kind of came. Taking that Ruckster advice. I just came with his advice. It was like, okay, like, don't fry them, don't fry them here and there, here and there, and then all in on the day of. What about talk about the um the sensation the pain of of barefooting because for everybody it's different for me it digs it feels like someone's digging a knife into my heel uh-huh. for Sean Murray uh it's it's in his legs for JD it's in his arms and in his hands it's different for everybody i've never i've gone long distances my legs have never burnt out it's always the bottoms of my feet mhm so for me it's always been the inside, the arch of my foot, but the beauty of feet on fire is we go so fast that that doesn't even get touched. The water's just on your heels. So, I mean, it got a little bit, but I mean, honestly, my adrenaline was pumping so hard that when I think back on the event, I didn't feel any burning at all until I won. Where was, was your mental that day? Because you you dude. you were in another world that day. <laughs> I looked like a uh, I looked like a Viking that had laser vision on. I was just like I don't even look like myself in the photos. It cracks me up. I don't know. It was like uh, I was just focused, and I mean, really, I didn't feel a thing until Chip Fernandez fell in the last round, and then we were on the back stretch of the lake. And I don't know if they sped up in the boat or something. But the last half of that lap was all the burn from the whole day was in that portion. But you were coming home. You were bringing it back no matter what. Yeah, I had to bring it back. But that was where if I could think back and say, why do I have this giant blister on my foot? It was that half of a lap. How how cool was it? Because your mom was there, right? At, well, my grandparents were there. Your grandparents mm-hmm. was there. Okay, so your grandparents were there. The Hustle House crew was there. Your yes. girlfriend was my there. My girlfriend, you guys Michelle had, Rush. You guys had an insane crew there backing you up like did that add any pressure slash how sick at the end of the day was that to have them all there for this um yeah i mean it definitely added some pressure and uh i was good and like i was like able to like really handle it until my grandparents said they were coming down and then i was like okay i gotta at least you know get through two rounds here or something like i yeah, was i was freaking out they sure. they told me that they told me that you had kind of kept it secret the last two years you were competing at feet on fire or something like that they didn't even mm-hmm. know until after the event was over so yeah um them being around but it was cool because i mean, I mean the, the most special part about it was before i was allowed to wake skate when i was growing up i used to have to do a full lap around my lake barefooting before i it was like my buy-in to even be allowed to wake skate so, and that was my grandpa always made me do that. I got a barefoot all the way around the lake, no matter how rough it is before I can even start wake skating. And I did that for years and years and years. So then to have him there, you know, like was just really special. Pretty insane, man. All right, dude, it's that time. Do you have anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanted to get to or? That's it. That feels pretty good, right? Felt good, man. Way more painless than you thought it was going to be, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, hey, wait, going back to Feet on Fire real fast, thank you for keeping the uh, legacy alive here because here's the deal. Even though you do come from a show ski background, the guy you beat is the only real traditional barefooter allowed at Feet on Fire. And he's been in multiple finals, Chip, Chip (laughs) Fernandez. He's been in multiple finals at Feet on Fire, and it's so unfair. I just know he's not going to listen to this podcast. It's so unfair because (laughs) he's – he is a real like you watch him barefoot. The guy can't even get off the water ski. But as soon as am I wrong? But as soon as he starts barefooting, he's like he's, a rock. he's like untouchable. Anyways, 
he's never won. It's always been like all of our goal. He's kind of grandfathered into the event. So uh, congratulations for the show skier slash wake skater again taking out the real barefooter. Thank you so much, Dano. Thank you for having me on the podcast, man. Yeah. Hey, before we finish this thing off, um, this is the part where you get to throw out your shout outs and your sponsor plugs and anything else that you want to promote or talk about. So um, go for it. Well, I will say first and foremost, um, thank you very much to my grandparents for always supporting me and, you know, pulling me on keeping this whole thing rolling. Uh, Thank you so much to my girlfriend, Michelle Rush, for, you know, making this whole thing possible and just being unbelievable and keeping me grounded. Thank you so much to my sponsors, uh, Hustle House, for all the training, programming, and mentoring and, you know, us just sticking this thing out and getting it to this point. And then uh, thank you to Bywake. Thank you to Leaf Skates. And thank you to... Jet pilot. Boom. It's right there on your, it's right there on your shirt, bro. Don't worry. Don't worry. We, we, we might leave the dramatic pause or we might cut it up. Yeah, you go never, ahead and cut that dramatic pause right out. You never know. Who knows? Who knows? Jake, what a pleasure and honor. Uh, dude, you're a guy I've wanted to have on the podcast for a really long time. Uh, you definitely earned it this year you, with Dana. Feet on Fire, man. And uh, I wish you a lot of luck with Junction Function coming up uh, this summer. I hope that the listeners check that event out. I wish the world of wake skating a whole heck of a lot of luck because I really want it to come back and start growing and building again because, like you said, there's still so much more. Um, And it it is um, one of the most fantastic things to watch out there. It's been a great pleasure having you here on the podcast, and we'll finish on this. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up one last time for the 2019 Feet on Fire Barefoot Endurance Champion from Chippewa Lake, Ohio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> one and only Jake Ramsdale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dano. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, hang tight. We'll be back with more right here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah. Hey guys, can I tell you something that really annoys me? There's nothing worse than having my podcast equipment stop working mid-conversation. Dudes, it's happened and I didn't realize it till later. Interview ruined. That's why I use a GoPuck for portable power everywhere I go. GoPuck makes wearable, compact, and durable power solutions for all of your mobile devices. You can clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid charge your devices multiple times hands-free. It's both convenient and powerful. The best part, you get 30% off your entire order at gopuck.com when you use my promo code MANO30 at checkout. M-A-N-O-3-0 at checkout. You guys can thank me for that again later. GoPuck.com Hey all after we finished our interview, Jake and I joined my neighbor Joey out on the lake to test the brand new V-Slalom from Conley. I gotta say it was the perfect mid-level ski for both Jake and I. It was forgiving and predictable. Since 1965, Conley's been revolutionizing the industry with explosive ski and wake technology and leaving a trail of legacy along the way. The energy that drives the Conley brand today is the same passion that drove the company 50 plus years ago, multiplied by infinity. With one major goal in mind, to make summer fun, Conley continues to push the envelope in quality and performance. For the entire line of Conley products, skis, wakeboards, surfers, floats, SUPs, apparel, and more, go to ConleySkis.com. That's C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-Skis.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. I want to thank Jake Ramsdell for stopping by and speaking with us here on the Golden Mike Podcast. It's always a blast talking to him and watching him accomplish more and more each time I see him. 
And this coming weekend on June 8th, you'll be able to see me at stop number three of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. Then on the following day, Sunday, June 9th, I'll be right back at the OWC for the second stop of the Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautiques of Orlando and Danny Harf. The first stop was so much fun. I can't wait to see what happens next. As a reminder, Thigh High is a grassroots wake surf contest series open to riders of all skill sets. For all of you first-timers out there, it's a chance to show off your skills and build confidence for future competitions. Check out thighhighsurf.com for all the details. The following weekend, I'm going to be in Boise, Idaho for stop number two of the Malibu Boats Rider Experience and the WWA Western Wakeboard Regional Championships. I'll be hanging out with my boy Scott Leeson from our last podcast, who's going to be out there trying to defend his region championship title it should be a really awesome event make sure you guys follow it all at the wwa i'll be finishing off the month of june in alexander city alabama for the 2019 nautique southeast regatta this is an exclusive experience for nautique boat owners and will feature private clinics with team nautique athletes a poker run and a golf tournament, among other fun events. I can't wait to give you guys the inside scoop. Thank you all for listening. An enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, WSIA, Centurion Boats, Masterline USA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledweight, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlight, Wake the World and Go Puck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jenna Carruth on the web, Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashabich on copy, and Rich Walsh on sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the noise of the North. I'm Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.